Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. I'm Alpha. We can be as badass as we want. We now live in a nation where doctors destroy health, lawyers destroy justice, universities destroy knowledge, governments destroy freedom, the press destroys information, religion destroys morals, our banks destroy the economy, the inability to defend on all of these fronts, be it voter suppression. And you can go down the line. You can go down the line. Good evening. I'm Alpha. This is the Alpha Show. Now, the master of common sense, take no prisoners in politics and game making. The man from Chicago who's got their numbers. This is Advanced Urban Political Talk Radio with Alpha. Here's Alpha. That's what I feel like. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's what I feel like. Oh, that's right, Dan. You're right. I need to be doc. I've been sitting here waiting through this show for about three hours. I'm watching television, the baseball game, hockey game, basketball game, and I look up and it's five after nine. Can someone please tell me, where's my head? Aside from being stuck up my rear end, but um, we will soldier on, and I'll simply mark this down and, oh, never doing this again. But I apologize to everyone. I'm tardy tonight. And... um, Hope to see the CEO don't fire But um, we've got a a show of I call it disappointment because I know there's nothing that anybody can do aside from threat threaten them. Our only choice of retaliation is come 2022. And we better pick up at least four Senate seats because we're going to lose two at least. You know, this bit of bipartisanship on the the part of the Republicans has to be one of the best defenses 
for dumb people. And those are dumb senators. The table has not been set. Defining the filibuster as to what it is. And if that had been done, this may be a little easier because the response of Joe Manchin and Christian Cinema are simply conservative talking points. The filibuster saved the country. The filibuster allows bipartisanship. They don't give a damn about bipartisanship, and they know it. Both of them know it. But it's it's really pathetic because we don't get our agenda and we have to sit back and watch the Republicans come to power. They have brought about their greatest achievement, and that is they've taken power amongst the states, and they've taken power in all of the states that the Republican Party has seized control of due to gerrymandering. That is in Wisconsin. They've taken power in Wisconsin, a known blue state. They're passing bills to ban abortion in many of these red states. And many, it's gotten to a point where the hell with bringing us together. There's nothing going to bring us together until they bring us to our knees. There's nothing about bringing us together until they are the ones who are calling all of the shots. Corporate America, all of them. We are left with absolutely nothing. It makes no sense whatsoever. For for me, it is so bad. It is just it's to a point where I've got to say the Democratic Party has fallen far short. The progressives in the Democratic Party, this should be the shot heard around the world. This should be the final draw. If you are a progressive in the Democratic Party, it's time to move on these moderates. It's time to move on our agenda. The American people are behind 80, 90% of what we want. Gun control, health care, 
there are more Americans who seek the same outcome, infrastructure, jobs, and all we give them is gridlock. We have become victims of the filibuster. We all cheered and we were all happy, myself included, when we got 50 and took over the Senate. We won the presidency. But in the background, we were losing house seats in the states. We were losing power in the states where governors, Democratic governors, are the Republicans in that state have ushered in new laws, stripping them of power. And this was even before they came in and took a seat. They had taken away their power. Now, I don't know how in the hell that explains bipartisanship bringing us together. The only thing they had to do was begin to ram through their agenda. And when the cries came out from the media, as they will, because the media cannot be trusted, you simply say, the Republican Party can't be trusted. And you can point to January 6th, You can point to the number of elected officials in the Republican Party who went along with the big lie, who are basically destroying our democracy. The democracy in and of itself is being destroyed, and that's what they want. They want democracy destroyed because they are losing the demographics. More people of color are in government, and they continue, continue to lose because they have no ideas. Republicans cannot legislate for the people. They have to legislate for the corporations. And that seems to be the biggest problem. We cannot let this get by. going to take a hell of a push you have to go to the source and that source would be the DNC everybody was happy and jumping up and down 
um, who was the leader of the DNC before he was in the Obama administration. Now, get this. This guy was in the Obama administration. Perez, I think, was his name. He has left the Obama administration, and he has gotten a job in some type of, I think it was a law firm, but they represented uh, a right-wing organization affiliated with neo-Nazis. So how in the hell is Tom Perez gone over and he's on that side? How is that possible? And it not be a story that that works its way through the democratic atmosphere. Everyone and their mother should know about this. And I simply can't find the story anymore. But it's here and I will find it, and I will bring it to you. Give me something to do. Because right now, at this point, oh, son of a bitch, uh, son of a bitch, son of a bitch, son of a bitch, a gun. <laughs> you thought I was going to say uh, son of a bitch, didn't you? <laughs> That's the worst way I feel. That's just the way I feel. It takes us far too long to catch up to what's going on politically. And every time they do something, we are the ones. We are the ones who end up reacting to what Republicans are doing. Well, I think that's apropos for what's going on outside my home. Someone has just squeezed off a couple of shots here in Chicago. Just wait for it. It'll come around. It'll come your way. It makes us want to move to a nicer, kinder place. But where is that? When the nicer, kinder places are filled with bigots and people 
who simply don't get it. People who make you not want to chase equality, but they make you want to chase revenge. And that's about how I feel. And then somebody will ask us, and this is the only, this is all they need to do to uh, distract us from an, an issue. All they have to do is ask us is pull on the soft and kind nature of Republicans because they know Democrats mentally are not confrontational. So they'll forgive you. Forgiveness. Black people have the bad habit of loving everybody else's cause. And no, and if you think about it, who loves us back? What, 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 what racial group loves us back? Is there one race in America that loves black people as much as they hate them? Because all hate us. But does any love us? See, I don't know of anybody that loves us, but I know we love every group that don't love us. We love Jews. We love the Irish. We love white people in general. We love the police. Um, we, we, we love, um, you know, our white Christian brothers and sisters. Black people will love a cop that killed their son in the courtroom like Botham John. We'll love a white man that prays with us for three hours and then kills us in Charleston. We'll love a man, a white man with a gun who could have easily let my son not be paralyzed, but we'll love a white man who shoots my son in Kenosha seven times in the back at the, in front of his children and paralyze him. And before I sit down for my interview with Mr. Crump, my attorney, I forgive the white cop that shoots him and says he needs training. That's some black forgiveness that no white person has ever demonstrated. In fact, Ms. Graham, I sat here and watched last night the footage of the Black Panther Party, as it related on YouTube to Fred Hampton, and they talked about the two New York police officers who were killed by some New York Panthers. One was black and one was white cop. The, uh, the white wife uh, was on the recording talking about the murder of her husband and the, fate, the parole of the brother who's still in, he's still in prison for 49 years from the Black Panther killing of NYPD. And the white woman sat there and said, I don't forgive him. I'm never going to forgive him. When he dies, his God, whatever God he believes in, their God can take care of them. That's a white person. A black person is the black people in Charleston Church forgave that devil, and that's what he was, a devil. He, they forgave that devil before their blood dried. The, same, the sun was still up, and the word went out to all black America, we forgive him. And half black people were angry, and the other half of y'all that go to church and that are Christian were like, well, Lord, I know, I understand. That's what we're supposed to do. 
That that's what the Bible teaches, right? But how come we're the only ones that learned it? How come how come the white man ain't learned to be forgiving? In all your black life, and you 75 years old, mama, you 72 years old, daddy, you 48 years old, uh, brother, and you ain't never in your black life seen a white man stand up at a press conference on CNN or Fox or MSNBC and say, I forgive the brother, the black man that shot my daughter, or I forgive the black man that robbed my house, or I forgive the black man that killed my police officer husband. You'll never see it because they don't have it in them. But I've given you five examples randomly that happened with us just in the Black Lives Matter movement. Martin Luther King's whole philosophy was around, um, you know, letting the racists kill us. King believed that we should love the racists even as he's killing us. That's how sick Martin Luther King's ideology was. That was ridiculous. I don't know what Martin Luther King was thinking. And that's why a lot of people rejected it. King believed in unmerited suffering was redemptive, meaning if the racist is killing you, love him to death. Now, I ain't got that kind of religion. I ain't got that kind of faith. I ain't got that kind of Bible. And I'm just saying to you, black people are expected to have that kind of deep faith. White people aren't. White people aren't expected to forgive. Why? Why aren't white people, when we do wrong in society, crime, or anything, why are, we, why are they not expected to forgive? And why do white people never forgive? But black people forgave in Botham John and in Charleston and in Kenosha. Anybody want to answer that? 516-666-9516 is the number that I can be reached. And maybe... Um, Maybe someone will explain the approach, not just of uh, Joe Manchin or Christian Cinema. Explain the approach of their colleagues, the other 48 Democratic senators. And then at every turn, you've got Republicans talking them into talks. They're going to submit a proposal that is 17% of what you want, and you're supposed to work from there. And you've already cut $200 billion. It went from $1.9 to $1.7 trillion. And you've cut, already cut from your infrastructure plan. And they're coming in with $900 billion. That's where they're going to start. And you've cut $200 billion. They've cut nothing. And you, you're going to talk, talk to them? Why? And then they're not going to vote, give you one vote. And one vote won't matter, so you might get one. They gave you six, and they were only looking for four more, which feeds that lie that there can be bipartisanship, which feeds that lie that 60 of them have the same kind of mindset 
that you have. They string you along. Like bulls with a ring through your nose. And you get nothing. The insidious nature of those that represent them. Those that you love to hate are winning. They're not in power and they're winning. When they were in power, they were winning. You ask all the people to come out and vote, and they stood in line to tell me something. And I've seen it for since Obama, since before Obama. The lines in the black community and the Hispanic community are longer. Why? Why? No one should be expected to stand in line more than an hour to vote. We got people in standing in line more than half a day. Why? When I tell you they have not gone far enough, that's exactly what I mean. The voting laws, all of the new voting laws that are sweeping the country are a prime example. The so-called audit in Arizona by the Republicans is illegal and unconstitutional. And it should be met in court. And just like the judges threw out there uh, fraud, voting fraud, when they couldn't prove a thing, they would be asked to bring nonsense, utter nonsense, to the table. That's the prime reason that you have to. You have to bring them to a part, to a time, when you can just expose them. And I mean expose them in front of a judge. You need a bigger footprint. Democrats need a bigger footprint. And the best way to get a bigger footprint is a solid challenge to what is going on and what actually what you see. And what you see. It's simply 
the Republican Party is hoodwinking, grifting, give it a name. Give it a name. They're doing it. They're doing it in the country. They're violating all of the all of the laws. Why is it taking so long to charge and indict gets? I I was very hesitant about the pick of Merrick Garland as Attorney General. Then when they picked him, he made a few moves. And I thought, well, he just might be the guy. Now I'm not sure at all. I have absolutely no confidence in the Justice Department or the Biden administration to get anything done. No, I'm not giving up. What I am doing is just being practical in what I see. And this is what I see. Going through the motions does not, I repeat, does not satisfy by any degree what's being done to our democracy. We are on the brink of losing it. And if we lose the house, it's checkmate, game over. And all of this has been for naught because they're not afraid to do what they want. And they dare you, dare you to take them to court. They dare you to do what you're supposed to do. Continuing coup? <laughs> yeah, it's a continuation. This is Oberman versus the Republican coup of 2025. We know right now that the Trump Department of Justice spied on three Washington Post reporters and illicitly seized their phone records and tried to seize their email records because they had reported on the Trump campaign's conspiracy with the Russian ambassador and spy, Sergei Kislyak. This is a newly discovered direct, naked, and brazen attack on the Constitution of the United States. And everyone involved in making it happen, especially the then Attorney General William Barr and Trump itself, must be prosecuted immediately. We also know right now that the Trump-infested Republican Party is accelerating its purge of those who have stood up to the fascist in exile at El Lago, and that the next head to the political guillotine will be the House Republican Conference Chair Liz Cheney, to be replaced by a soulless, fleasbag chameleon named Elise Stefanik, who will support anything, including the violent overthrow of the government of the United States, provided that there's something in it for her. A psychotic vote audit continues in Arizona, may last until July. 
voting suppression and even voting nullification legislation has passed in Georgia, has passed in Texas, has passed in Florida. And this all adds up to the same thing it has added up to since the January 6th attempted coup. The Republicans are now willing to end democracy in this country just to maintain their own goddamn power. Every step is an attempt to bring Trump back to keep people from voting against Trump, to nullify their votes if they do, to elect a Republican House that will again move to ignore a Democratic presidential victory in 2024 and install Trump as dictator. Yet to this point, President Biden and the Democratic majorities in the House and the Senate have done nothing to stop this. Vaccination and the economy are priorities, of course, but they will not mean much in a Trump fascist dictatorship in 2025. Democratic majorities are now guaranteed for only 20 more months. Biden and Pelosi and Schumer and all of us must decapitate the new Republican plan to destroy freedom, and we must do it now. Because for Trump, for Republicans, for fascism, for dictatorship, January 6th was practice. And I don't care what part of the Democratic Party you are in. I consider myself a progressive. I don't need Republicans to be with the program. I don't need bipartisan. Bipartisanship is well overrated. These people, plain and simple, cannot be trusted. And Democrats must turn as they speak on the House floor and on the Senate floor and make it part of the record. And somewhere in they end up in their speech, they must bring forth that there are, what is it, 146? 146 House members voted to overturn the election by canceling out minority votes. They signed the petition in the court or signed the the petition onto the court and failed. And they simply never go home. They'll be back with another another way to do it, another ploy. I see that. Okay, let me let me play another one and see. I don't want to play. 
Mr. Gonzalez, how much did you spend, did Abby spend on litigation and settlements from 2013 to 2018? Uh, I, I don't have that number offhand. We'll be happy to give it to you. Okay, $1.6 billion, $2.45 billion on R&D, $1.6 billion in litigation and settlements. What about marketing and advertising? How much does Abby spend on that? Uh, well, marketing and advertising, we spend about $4 billion a year. Yep, $4.7 one billion. How about executive compensation, 2013 to 2018? 2013 to 2018, it's probably on average about $60 million a year. Try 334 on her side. Now, how much did Abby spend on stock buybacks and shareholders, stock buybacks and dividends to enrich your shareholders from 2013 to 2018? Well, stock buybacks, if you actually look at just poor stock buybacks, it would be about $13 billion. Stock buybacks uh, and dividends is the question, sir. Uh, dividends, and they have to come back with that, a number for that over that period of time. $50 billion. So, Mr. Gonzalez, you're spending all this money to make sure you make money rather than spending money to invest in, develop drugs, and help patients with affordable life-saving drugs. You lie to patients when you charge them twice as much for an unimproved drug, and then you lie to policymakers when you tell us that R&D justifies those price increases. The big pharma fairy tale is one of groundbreaking R&D that justifies astronomical prices. But the pharma reality is that you spend most of your company's money making money for yourself and your shareholders. And the fact that you're not honest about this with patients and with policymakers, that you're feeding us lies, that we must pay astronomical prices to get innovative treatments is false. The American people, the patients, deserve so much better. I yield back. I'm not saying that when you see Katie Porter take out the whiteboard that it's already too late, but yeah, no, that's exactly what I'm saying. This is Katie Porter accusing AbbVie CEO Richard Gonzalez of lying to Americans and policymakers about why the pharmaceutical giant has dramatically increased the prices of some of its most popular drugs. The House Oversight Committee released a report finding that AbbVie took in billions in revenue by virtue of raising prices on two of its biggest drugs, Humira and Imbruvica, over the course of the last 20 years. Since 2003, AbbVie has raised the price of Humira by over 470% with 20 Hi, I'm Jerry, Jerry Mander, and I'm running for Congress in the once great state of Georgia. I'm a conservative, which means I believe in three things. God, guns, and that Jews should stick to comedy. No, I've never worn a mask. I want my wife to be able to see my face when I tell her she's not allowed to wear pants. Where I'm from, we believe in the national anthem. So, just for the record, I don't spend a lot of time watching Fox News or... Okay, um, I reduced the volume on these clips to to half. Uh, I don't know that the clip came in, and I I didn't I didn't touch a thing. <laughs> okay, anyway. I would have to be a little bit careful. That's why I'm 
That's why I'm looking it up. Because uh, it may happen and it may not. But I'm going to make sure. Tomorrow, here at Blog Talk Radio, join Janice Graham of Our Common Ground. She will be speaking about reparations and the debt that is owed to the descendants of slavery. And um, she will be speaking with uh, William Sandy Doherty. And uh, as I recall, Dr. Darcy is a is a great teacher of reparations. You see, this is the problem with things like reparations. It's so easy to mischaracterize what they are about. And it's so hard for we as a people to keep up with the argument. So don't forget Dennis Graham, Our Common Ground, Topic of Reparations. The special guest is Dr. Sandy Doherty. Tomorrow, 10 o'clock, here at Blog Talk Radio. It's not enough. It's simply not enough for me to to bring these things into into play. I have to respond. I'm not down this way. Oh, well. Started out confused. I will remain confused. Because at this point, I look up and I run off at your mouth for another hour. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know, the the uh, pandemic and the fight against this pandemic. I've gotten both shots 
and the Sats are coming in hot and heavy. But more and more Americans are getting their shots. And where I go out, I still put on a mask. When I go out, I still make sure that I'm very wary of strangers or or the public being in public. That's my problem. The grand jury has issued a subpoena for one of the CEO CFOs of the Trump Organization. And this is what I didn't know. If the grand jury subpoenas you, you get automatic immunity on everything. Now, it's not that I have something against those who have been the money handlers in these in the Trump organization. I don't care if they go to jail or not. But I just want them to come in and give good testimony, pertinent testimony, something that will land him in an untenable position. He really seems to be hiding in in belief that he's untouchable. He has put himself in a position. And I'll tell you, when they indict him, Expect the violence because they've already put out the clarion call. And they will not be able to call them back to stop them. So you bring about the National Guard. And you wait for them with their armed militias. And you do what you have to do. And the problem there is most of the people in their armed militias are active and retired servicemen. 
don't don't ask don't ask me I don't know I don't know why most of their followers with these nut ideas come from the service industry but they do they're in our armed forces And they seem to have infiltrated at every level. Either active or retired policemen. Those are the oath keepers. And guess what? If you don't do what you have to do. They will continue to do what they want to do. Because of someone, not Donald Trump, anyone who is on that side. See, Donald Trump was was a fool. He's opened the door. There are other people out there who are like-minded of Donald Trump who are much smarter at this. Democracy is hanging by the thread. And to be quite honest with you, we've never had democracy as people of color. We've never had democracy. We had a reasonable facsimile as long as we stayed on the bottom rung. But now that we've begun to climb it, they don't give a damn about democracy. They'll go they'll go Russian. They'd rather be Russians. They'd rather be Russians than to have an equal status with people of color. This is what makes politics one of the most important things in a democratic society. Because at this point, half of the democratic society, and it's not half, it's not even half, it's one quarter, 25%. That's all you need. They've turned 25% towards fascism. And the 25% who believe in a Donald Trump are 25% that will help bring on the destruction of democracy. So take it for what it's worth. 
we can hold the majority in these three branches. But if we don't have the will to govern, if we allow their complaints to be what's on our mind, they have already won. And they will continue to win. They will continue to win until we've been out that herd. It's time for the 75% to thin out the herd. We will be walking a tightrope for the next 17 months or so. because they are able to obstruct us until 2022 election. We're going nowhere. We're going to get nothing done. He's going to bring us back to normal with his response to the pandemic by getting shots in these arms we will get back to normal and he'll be a very popular president where he won't be popular is in the progressive movement within his own party he will beat down tap down his base by showing his weakness when he deals with the Republicans. He has no choice. When we continue to play a different game, than the Republican Party. When we go by their rules, when we debate in their negative, the negative states that they, they choose the narrative. And we debate it. And as long as that happens, we have a problem. And we're going to have a problem. We must take this away. 
you must take it away from the Republican Party. And don't get me, don't get what I say wrong. This isn't just the Republican Party we're fighting. The Democrats are afraid to call out the news media. The news is run by conservative corporations. They have a vested interest into seeing Republicans win. That's right. Take away take away all of the small talk. And I call it small talk because that's what it turns out to be. Take away the small talk. How you? What have you got? You've got Mitch McConnell, who is using the two Democratic senators, and that's what they do. They help sleeper cells. Joe Manchin has been a sleeper cell. Christian cinema is a sleeper cell. When Obama was in office, it was, what is, what's his name? Lieberman, Joe Lieberman. It was Max Baucus. It was all of the blue dog. stand for twelve years. For twelve years they've been holding they've had all the cards. Even when we thought we were winning, we were losing. When we were winning, we didn't know it. When we were winning, we were actually losing. Five one six 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 nine five one six five six one. Welcome to the Alport Show. Thank you for calling TruthWorks Network. Hey, Alpo. Hello, Janice. How are you? I'm okay. My my ears are still ringing from from your clips, but I'm okay. Um, Alpha. Um, yes. You know, I I am always reluctant to call your show, but I have to no, call. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to. 
you know, for the month of June, I'm going to be calling your show because in June at Our Common Ground, the topic is reparations, the debt that is owed. And we are going to be talking with all of the experts and advocates and activists who have been working on the issue, doing the research, and we start out tomorrow night with Dr. William Darity, Sandy Darity, who has been an Our Common Ground voice since 2009 and is the preeminent researcher on the issue of the black wealth gap and reparations. And I'm really looking forward to having Sandy back tomorrow night. But I really called you because I do need to talk about raise this question. Your show tonight is is titled Filibustering and uh, Filibustering and Obstruction. And on one hand, we have the GOP that is obstructing every, and, and, you know, Mitch McConnell has made it very clear that the goal of the the Republicans in the Senate is to block anything that's being proposed by a Biden administration. Uh, There are two very critical pieces of legislation that's going to come before the Senate next week. H.R. 1, which is the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. And we can thank the um, John Roberts of the Supreme Court We had protections, and he led the court to eliminate those protections under the Voting Rights Act of 1968. So, and and the George Floyd uh, police reform uh, bill. So... If the only thing that is stopping the Democrats from moving those two pieces and the infrastructure from moving those two, well, yeah, let, let me just say about the infrastructure and why um, that bill cannot be passed through reconciliation, and it is because of a ruling of the parliamentarian of the Senate and that ruling can be appealed <coughs> excuse me yeah. and the and the, <coughs> the Biden administration, the Democrats have chosen not to appeal that ruling. So My question is this, and I've been pondering this all week. If the President of the United States wanted those three bills to 
go through. It seems to me all he would have to do as the chief enforcement officer of the Democratic Party is to send the signal that the filibuster must be removed in the same way that George Bush did, in the same way that Mitch McConnell on behalf of the Republican National Committee did under Obama, and in the same way that Donald Trump did, the former guy, I guess, um, did during his administration. And my question is, why isn't Joe Biden, what is it about Joe Biden who has decided to be the obstructionist to those three bills? <coughs> Excuse me. Well, you, I got a coughing uh, problem. H- I don't know where it's coming from. HR 4. HR, I thought HR four was the um, was the bill with John Lewis to restore uh, art, to restore the fifth article of the voting yes. rights. Yes, that's, that's right. That's, that would be that would be HR four. Yeah, HR one is the other bill. But these are three bills that has over, as I understand it, 65% of the support of the American people. And the only thing that is in the way of getting that legislation through is the filibuster. And Joe Biden has chosen not to support the removal of the filibuster. So my question is why? You can't say you want something. It's like, it's like you know, I'm telling you uh, I want another uh, computer. And you say, here, Janice, here's the $2,700 about a computer that you want. And I say, Oh, no, never mind. Isn't it the same thing? Alpha, are you there? Alpha? Yes, I'm here. Oh, did I put you to sleep? (laughs) No. No. It's me. So something, something is afoot here. And over the week, I have been mulling it around and mulling it around. And I'm wondering if there's some kind of deal going on between Joe Biden and his Republican friends in the Senate.
Because one of the well, things we that. have to one of the things we have to keep in mind is Joe Biden has a lot of history, and these and, and these Republicans are not, did not come to play. And I'm wondering if they are holding him hostage on this matter. I mean, he gave every signal to give them everything they wanted on the infrastructure bill. Give them everything they want. You know, just let them all agree. And when they came out of conference, the Republicans rang the bell and said, we don't care. We're not voting for any of it. So this tone of, or this line of bipartisanship is very disturbing because it's getting in, in the way of everything, and what it will do is it will get in the way in the midterms in the twin in 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 twenty in twenty twenty two, and they will lose the house. And very well may lose the Senate. So will that be Joe Biden's out? What is that noise, Alpho? That is uh, me trying to get something here in the house oh. that I have to do. Oh, okay. And I just okay. To be, and I was doing it while I was talking. You could continue to talk. How, but, uh, how much time I mean, you, you want me to talk, Alpha? How much time you want me to talk? You still want me to keep talking? To yeah, about another three to five minutes. Okay. So the All thing, right. but you can't be twisting whatever you're twisting in my ear. Uh, I think we have to give some serious consideration that there is, um, and you know, I'm 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 not um, one to consider superficial conspiracies, and I, I and it may not be a conspiracy so much as it's a political play, and the political play is on behalf of of entities other than the people, the working class, the poor, the the, um, medium income people in this country. I also highlight in all of this that Biden has decided that he is going to, that he supports no action on the massive tax cut given to the top 10% earners and corporations by uh, Donald Trump in his first quarter in office. 
And that is not the commitment that Joe Biden made to the people who voted for him. So I believe, I'm really consider, considering seriously that not only is he backpedaling on major uh, campaign promises that he's wrapping it with a caving in across the board. And, you know, you, you, you mentioned earlier that you were looking for a place to go and there is no place to go and that this is getting worse, it is not getting better. And I absolutely agree with you, Alpha. But when we say that, what do we really mean? Well, first of all, your concerns that you expressed earlier about Merrick Garland were absolutely on point. Merrick Garland would have been a much better Supreme Court justice than he is an attorney general because the whole idea is to ensure that you use the tools that you have available to you for both law enforcement and legal policy directive, and he's done none of that, especially in regard to uh, the riot on the Capitol and the people who have been charged and the people who haven't been charged. I mean, how can you be the Attorney General and you have shown no concern about the apparent connection with that seditious insurrection and you have not begun an investigation of who who were the insiders, including members of Congress. I think, Alpha, something is up here. Um... You know, I just uh, re-upped my membership in the Democratic Socialists of America, and I think black people have got to either take over the Democratic Party or move to the Socialist Democratic Party and take that over. Otherwise, we are doomed. I read an article yesterday that Joe Biden is not a proponent of reparations. Uh, he no, is a not. proponent of, uh, he, and that is another back backpedaling of his campaign position. My concern in the Senate 
is that um, Kamala Harris would have been a huge proponent of both of those bills and reparations, and she is not there. He took her out of play. He took Marsha Fudge out of play. Major voices on all three pieces, including H.R. 40, um, which is the reparations bill. So I'm concerned, Alpha, that you are not. We have what? You are not far off. You're not far off. You're not far off at all. Joe Biden is not. If you really want to know the truth about it, Joe Biden was the was the reluctant president. He had no. He was in fifth place until uh, Clyburn. Was that Clyburn from yeah, South Clyburn. Carolina? In South Carolina. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. When he, when he stood up for him, and Biden won South Carolina. That was it. And now for Joe Biden coming to office, and every time you see him, and every time he talks, he tells you what's you what you want to hear. He he has been co-opted by the Republican Party. They are not going. You remember. The the, uh, the, um, the tax cut wasn't it thirty five percent before the Trump cut, and they reduced it to twenty one. Mm-hmm. They knocked fourteen points off of it, and then Biden is going to come in and restore it to twenty eight, and then he dropped down to twenty five. Yeah. Then you got that's what four points. As opposed to 14 points, it was cut by 14 points. He's going to restore four points. Everybody's supposed to say yay and clap, and they're going to take some of that load. You know, I heard um, I heard uh, Robert uh, Pascal Robert. Uh-huh. I heard him speak about the transition. Of the of our democracy, and the mere fact that you have the periods of social change and the political and what they've gone to. What they have done to keep us quiet, to keep us appeased, to keep us in the dark. They don't tell us anything. They didn't teach us anything for decades. The miseducation, the this. This God that they've given us, the Bible that they've given us, 
and then they indoctrinate the children for two, three, four generations. When we speak, I understand how easy it is or it was for Donald Trump to radicalize so many white people. If they weren't racist, they sure the hell are racist now. Because you have a rising generation of people of color, and they're not going to stand for it. But they're getting out in front of it. They're getting out in front of it, and they're waiting on it. So Black Lives Matter movement can't see that because all they want to do is march and protest. They've been infiltrated by uh, Boogaloo Boys, Proud Boys, Oath Keepers, Three Percenters, because that's how they fight. Wasn't that you that told me that the war would already started? And you were right, it has. It's just that they're quietly, quietly moving. Um, And they will... The thing that we have to understand is what on... On, on my show last Saturday, Pascal Robert and I were talking about is the counter-revolution is 50 years old now. Right. It was a counter-revolution against democracy since Reagan took office. Dr. Taylor has talked about that. We've been talking about that for years now. And Donald Trump was more successful simply because he talked to he talked the language of the base of that revolution. And I think the only answer, the only political answer at this point is for black people to either find a way that is a deep an authentic threat to the Democratic Party and take it over in that way or to find another independent party to take over and use that muscle. I think that's the only way. The only way out of this. Okay, you speak about that's the only way. But don't you know that as that happens, as that occurs, black people to take over the Democratic Party, that pushes us to one minute to 12. And and it's not the nuclear clock, it's the Civil War clock. Well, black people that take over the Democratic Party will be the death knell of our democracy, to be sure, because it will ignite the civil war that that they are all waiting for. 
Yeah, they're they they're are all waiting. waiting. They are waiting for the for a forceful reaction. And if we don't act in some way, we can just go home. We can just go home. Well, I think it's between, that time is coming. Between these, between these Jim Crow voting laws, redistricting, and the foreign money that is going to, and hacking that is going to come in to the system in the 22 midterms and in 2024, we have lost. And that's only, and I, I mean, we, the time right now, Alpha in my mind, is the most pivotal time. If the Democrats do not use the power that they have right now, it's all over. Because HR HR 1, is it HR 1 or HR 4 that John Lewis voted? It's HR 1. John Lewis is HR four. HR one okay. will, will stop all of these this wave of new voting restrictions. Yes. Right. HR one will stop them stop them all. HR one yep. is the closest thing that will be the closest thing yet to a to an election process that is federalized. Yeah, it it won't be a state by state, and you know mm-hmm. how how is it that you take and vote in a team to to legitimize an election to say whether or not these votes are, or whether or not we accept the outcome of the vote. Mhm. I mean the the, the, the mere the fact. The mere fact that the Justice Department has not started an investigation on the Barr Justice Department administration, the mere fact that the President of the United States is not standing up and saying, okay, you don't want a commission? I will call a commission. I will ask the House of Representatives to begin hearing." He's not even doing that. I'm telling you, Alpha, something's up. They got something on him. I don't know if it's it. I don't know nothing about Hunter Biden and all that crap. But, 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 but Joe Biden has a history. Mitch McConnell knows what that history is. And I don't know if they got him by the balls or it's simply that he has no balls. What do you think? I think that um, 
You see, Dennis, when, when we I, I ask you what you think. Well, I'm about to tell you. I think that when we speak in in a way that's not right or good for Joe Biden, we are basically speaking it as we see it. But our talking about it like that, there are only a few people who are pundits and the media who sound like us. And one is Ali Mustal, and the other is uh, someone, someone like uh, when it comes to, to uh, the Justice Department. Uh, what's his name? I don't know who you're talking about. What's the prosecutor's name? Uh, Christian? I don't know who you're talking about. Glenn, Glenn Kirshner. 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 Okay, Glenn Kirshner. Glenn Kirshner. Uh-huh. Right. Glenn Kirshner is the only one who's calling, who's been screaming that justice is coming for the last 13, 14 months. Okay, Ellie Mastal is the only one who came forward to say, we need more Supreme Court justices. We need to add at least 10. We need to add Supreme Court justices until losing one is not a big political issue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, these people Supreme have their games. Their game is not only strategically accurate. Their game is also street fighting. Oh, yeah. That's... So um, the Democrats that the Democratic Party had better get, and, and we've been saying this for how many years, you know, uh, I just, we've got to find a way to organize ourselves, and this is what I'm saying about black people, we've got to find our way to force him to the left. Because right now he's on the Democratic right. And we've got a force well, how long have I been, to the left. How long have I been saying that? Grab him by the throat and drag him to the left. Yeah, because at this you point, I to, just want to. Is it is it seditious if I say I just want to punch him in the in the throat? <laughs> you know, even 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 to the point where they they've turned Ant, Dr. Anthony Fauci into a Hillary. They know what they're doing. They're coming at every front. They've got every front covered. Yes. And that's what that's what think tanks do. That's what think tanks you 
Remember me mentioning think tanks, and you said we have think tanks. I, I think yeah. I think tanks are doing a damn thing. I mm-hmm. think tanks are doing nothing. But see, you've got it's to also have. You've got to also have a think tank can come up with a thousand different strategies, but what they've got that we don't have is uh, deep pockets. Money. Yep. Money. Deep pockets. Yep. Okay, Alpha, thank you for letting me get that off my chest because I won't be able to get get it in tomorrow. Um, and I just want to tell you and your audience, y'all better get ready because me and Michelle finna get ready to have a weekly show on TruthWorks Network um, to have a discussion on The Handmaid's Tale, all seven seasons, because Come on. we are living in Gilead. Nobody, so you better start catching up. Can't nobody watch that. <laughs> yeah, it's. I, I mean, it is so apropos about what is happening right now. Okay, Alpha, you have a good weekend, and I'll see you tomorrow night, ten o'clock. I'll be listening for you. I hope I'm at six now. You hope what? Can it? Can it? Yeah. I hope I'm Okay. I can hear your radio. I can hear your radio. Okay. You can hear what? I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. I can hear you. Okay. You call it, you turn it down. I I don't have nothing on. You so hear something else? Who's feedback? I'm hearing I'm hearing my voice. Maybe we got a bad connection. Are you still hearing your voice? No, I'm not still hearing my voice. And I get okay. every, I can hear I can hear it real real low in the background now. There's nothing going on here. I have nothing no audio of any kind on. Then it's feedback from my own phone. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Alpho. Talk to you later. No, thank you, Janice. Uh, I've been unstable and everything else. This evening, and uh, it's Dennis Graham, Barcom and Brown. I'm glad she called in because, folks, um, I've been like in a, I've been in a cloud. My head has been in a cloud, listening to all of the. All of the crazy stuff. It's been a while. 
spend a wild evening. There are things that I've spoken about this evening, and I've felt that way about them for a long time. These things don't just happen. They aren't just happening. The relationship of a Joe Manchin, Joe Biden, Mitch McConnell are not accidental. And they are being allowed to take away from the people who have voted for them. The voters want the progressive agenda. The voters want the Voting Rights Act, Article to John Lewis, Article 15, Article 5, restored, and some things put in place that will help pre-clearance for every state. Voting laws that are the same everywhere. We are at the precipice of fascism. The Republicans will usher in the era of fascism. It doesn't matter that black and white soldiers died to defeat fascism and Nazis. They're back. One of our political parties has become fascist. And the Democrats shouldn't be afraid to say it, to say so, that they are just straight up fans. It is what it is. It's come to be what it is. We cannot actually sit back, stand by, until it just happens. We must sound the alarm. Uh-oh. Someone seems to want to call on me five minutes into the end of my show. So I must tell you, when injustice becomes law, resistance becomes duty. This has been another exciting episode of The Alpha Show. We appreciate your listenership. Thank you for joining us at TruthWorks Network, The Alpha Show. Join us next Wednesday, 10 p.m. That's where we are. And that's why it's almost the bewitching hour. It's almost checkmate. It's almost that time. The time is of no return. It's almost the time when we won't be able to recover. Because recovery, simply will not be in the cards for us. We cannot, I repeat, we cannot continue down this road. 
because this road is headed for the ultimate dead end. Everybody thinks we're wrong. Who are they to judge us? Mother, mother, simply call the sweet where I hang on.